0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast.
1: Thanks so much. Thank you very much, my friend. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. For those of you listening live on Clubhouse, uh, good morning and good day to whomever has taken a moment to listen to the Breakfast with Champions podcast that is available for you, wherever you download podcasts from. If you'd like to learn a bit more about the programming segments, the Rising Grind show that's Monday through Friday, uh, upcoming events or any other goings on with the Breakfast with Champions business, you need to check out our website at breakfastwithchampions.live. My wordle for the day is done, my coffee has been made, my kids are asleep and and they might wake up at any moment and walk in the door because they don't care. So let's get going. Hello friends, I'm Brad Caldwell. I'm the CEO of Spark Business Strategies in Wilmington, North Carolina. If you've never been, it's beautiful where we run branding and marketing for businesses across sports, medicine, home services, and a wide range of other companies and brands all across the United States and even in a couple other countries. I also consult business leaders and speak around the country about team building, mindset, authenticity, and other fun things. Today, if there's a segment title, It's a war on mediocre fighting against mediocre marketing. I started Spark three years ago. It's been a wild ride of learning how to own a company, hire a team, find clients, fire clients, fire team members, contemplate closing my own company, question my own sanity, celebrate tremendous wins and discover that losses in a company that is my own hurts in a whole other way than I've ever known at jobs for other folks and their brands. But as I've grown up a bit, I've also learned a lot about myself. I've learned that I've learned what I tolerate well. You know that like you learn your pain threshold, but nobody's ever learned their pain threshold without going through pain. And I've learned my business tolerance level for a number of things, because I've gone through a number of things, some self-inflicted, some things I couldn't avoid some things in hindsight oh now i know i could have avoided and i also know what i struggle to tolerate i've learned that i can hang with failure i've done enough failing in my life in business and outside of business to empathize when someone drops the ball doesn't get the job done or just generally screws up we all do it none of us are immune to failure but i've also learned that i disdain the mediocre I disdain low quality. I disdain poor attitudes. I do not like the just get by mentality or the gospel of good enough. Those things really bother me. I think it's always gotten on my nerves, but now it truly grates me. When the buck stops at me as the CEO and founder of a couple companies now, once it gets all the way up to me and the work looks like a solid 75 effort, I kick it back down immediately. So over the course of the next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at some areas of business where we might be accepting mediocre, but not because we don't care. It's because we don't know the difference. Those places in our professional lives where we've celebrated good because we are unfamiliar with great, where we've settled. And this week, let's start with my world. Here are five kinds of mediocre marketing to avoid in your professional lives. And as we lean in to look at these types, first, I am honored that I'll get calls and texts and emails about notes you've taken during these segments that Glenn affords me the opportunity to lead. And I'm, I'm, I'm touched, I really am. But if I can guide you today, it's not so much that you need to know all five, it's that you need to know which one is true of you, if any. Introspection is the assignment. And introspection is challenging, but I got good news. It's also free. You looking at you to evaluate how you can do better is always free. So sit back, grab a glass of grace for yourself. And let's start the number one kind of mediocre marketing I call mirror marketing. It's super popular. I once heard a minister telling a listening congregation that if you can't say amen, you better say ouch. This is probably an ouch. Mirror marketing hurts. Mirror marketing hurts because, frankly, it's entitled and it's narrow minded. And it's a surefire indication that you don't get the most fundamental truth about good marketing. If you're selling it, it's not about you. That's the most fundamental truth about good marketing. If you're selling it, it is not about you. Mirror marketing is when a leader markets to their own tastes, buys swag that they like, creates logos and brands based on their favorite colors or whatever, engages in marketing executions that they find worthy but have never actually taken the time to investigate, and they dive into messaging campaigns that resonate with themselves, and it happens all the time. But mirroring while it sounds like it might be a sign of vanity isn't really vanity as much as it's lazy. You took the time to learn your craft. You developed a whole skill set. You went and got an education, you ain't got a lot of education. Or you became a leader in your field. And all of those things are valid and took a lot of time. However you got to the spot that you're in, you earned it. But you don't give them even the slightest energy or consideration. And who are they? Because your they is different than my they. Spark is looking for business leaders, entrepreneurs, C-level executives and businesses that actually have a marketing budget to spend don't you call me and ask me if I can do it for $50. Nope. No, I can't. If you make cookies, you plan weddings, you coach women, you coach men, you coach basketball, or you teach and train martial arts, your them, your audience is entirely unique. So how do we avoid mirror marketing? First, gobs of internal brand awareness one of the mistakes we make of marketing is that we want everyone else to know our brand but we haven't taken the time to learn it imagine the day after your child is born or the day your child is born and you run into that room with the pink blankets and the blue bank blankets and the little plastic clear plastic bassinets with the little name plates on top and you just grab the first baby because it was convenient and you take a bunch of selfies and you take a bunch of pictures. Only to find out that kids, not yours, you, you grab the wrong kid. More often than not, the marketing we do is the cheapest, easiest, quickest, and it almost always winds up shallow and unfulfilling. And we need to be able to see our own brands. We need to know what our baby in a room full of babies, we need to be able to spot our own, know your why, know your company goals, be, art, be able to articulate the growth strategy as well as you can explain how you make the thing you make or do the thing you do. Otherwise, make it for somebody else. And as that internal brand awareness grows, you turn to them. Who buys what you're selling? Who are they? Where are they? What do they love, hate? Get up in the morning for or go to sleep concerned about. What are their pain points, bottlenecks, stresses, failed attempts at solutions to a problem, you fix. If you can know your brand and see your audiences, you stop reflecting yourself and that mirror becomes a magnifying glass that you focus on the best audiences. And now you win. So if you think, man, I'm I'm doing mirror marketing, now we know how to fix it. Lean into the truths about your brand and the concerns about your audience and win. The number two kind, these aren't really in any particular order, except when we ever whenever we say that, does anybody ever put the most important one forth? No, of course not. So the second kind of mediocre marketing that drives me crazy is what we call jellyfish marketing. Go with me for a second to a terrific movie, the classic story of fatherhood, triumph, friendship and P Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. If you're a parent in the room, you know what I just did. That's right. We're talking about finding Nemo. Now go to that jellyfish thing. From a distance, that collection of sea life is gorgeous. It doesn't look like everything else in the ocean. When they're all together, they radiate what's around them. And as you get closer, seemingly harmless, beautiful. The collective seems to move with the tide drifting along without much intentionality. It's not aggressive, nor is it passive. They kind of just exist. And that's because jellyfish have neither a brain nor a heart. Now, they also lack lungs, but that doesn't help my analogy, so we'll move on. But they sure do sting. So that thing that was beautiful from a distance, when applied any pressure to, it either moves with the tide or stings what's near it. And for so many of us, we've dropped some real coin on aesthetics for our brands and businesses. I mean, a lot of money thousands of dollars we ran out into a field and bought the largest shiniest most remarkable stone we could find and we've been showing it off like we discovered true gold but if we take a moment to inspect what we expect to look at our find, we'd learn that we found pyrite now pyrite is golden color shiny and often found peppered throughout wonderful landscapes but pyrite is a stone it's a rock It actually has no real value, but it's so convincing in its appearance. You and I would better know Pyrite as fool's gold. We buy beauty to represent our business, but never reflect to see if it's actually speaking thoughtfully or truthfully about us. We drop hundreds, sometimes thousands on branding marks, but we never actually talk about our brand's beliefs. We just like that one shade of blue And since we live by the ocean, we throw a wave up there, but there's no heartbeat to it. It's pretty for sure, but it's like the kind of connection point that draws the right people, but it lacks the kind of connection point that draws the right people to it. Sure, it's a lighthouse, but it's sitting in Nebraska. And that's not where lighthouses go. It's saving the wrong people if it's saving anyone. And it's bait is shallow tropes and non sequitur ideas that just don't come from us. Great marketing engages the brain and the heart, the mind and the emotion. I have eaten meals with Glenn Lundy. I have stood up and had conversations with Glenn Lundy. I have hugged Glenn Lundy. You know what we never did the entire time we were together? Unfolded the breakfast table of Breakfast with Champions because it doesn't physically exist. But do you know why it is such a great moniker for Breakfast for Champions? Because it is fundamentally tied to the ethos of why he started the thing. Everybody gets a seat at the table. It's impacted my businesses. It's impacted my marriage. It's impacted my parenting just my proximity to a table that doesn't even exist. And that is when great marketing, great branding connects the brain and the heart. It doesn't matter if we're talking about pest control, candy stores, long care, daycare, or senior care. Marketing is designed to be most effective when it is thoughtful and smart. The third kind of marketing that I find to be incredibly mediocre, is hurried marketing. This one might repeat itself week to week, because more often than not, when we rush, we're wrong. This happens to small business all the time. You're in a hurry, so you make the content quickly, you write the blogs in a hurry, you take an interview while looking at your watch, you sign up for emails you don't need, and you make calls to action, or brand promises that you can't deliver on because they sounded good in the moment. Hurried marketing is a typo on a graphic, bad grammar in your email headline, blogs that aren't driven toward organic SEO, and the oldest burden of marketing over promising and under delivering. All of those things are signs of hurried marketing. You move so fast, but get nowhere. Hurried marketing is mediocre, but only because it's not intentional. If it were intentional, then it's lying. It's misrepresenting. It's doing cheap work on purpose. But it's most often a business leader that has convinced themselves that they have time to write the blog, design the newsletter, answer the phone, engage social media, make that video, and do all of the requisite research. But leader, you don't have time. What you likely have is a fear of spending, so you get cheap. And cheap and rushed are twins that are often impossible to separate. The more cheap you add to your business, the busier you will get fixing, troubleshooting, and being frustrated. If you think marketing is a hassle and inevitable burden, something you have to do, then friend, you're doing hurried marketing. None of my clients complain complain about marketing because they're not doing it anymore. They're not hurried. They're not running. I'm running. And we're handing off in the stages of the relay for a race we set. The fourth kind of marketing that we consider to be mediocre, we call desperate marketing. I now. I'm 41 years old, so obviously the story that I'm about to tell you guys from 1981 while I was alive, I didn't, I, I don't know this story, but I've heard about it enough times that I now see it reflected in the way other businesses market themselves. When you market in desperation, desperate marketing in 1981, American Airlines was going broke, like super broke. They needed cash. They needed lots of it, and they needed it quickly. So in a fit of desperation, they created a program called the A Air Pass. So they're AA and then spell Air Pass. So A Air Pass, they marketed this thing so well. Now listen, now for some of us, me included, this sounds ridiculous, but for a quarter of a million dollars and immediately they're not marketing to me. For a quarter of a million dollars, Brad, uh, you're talking to the wrong Brad, Chief. Quarter of a million dollars. I'm McDonald's liquid, not quarter of a million dollars liquid but to the right audience for a quarter of a million dollars, you could fly first class on American anywhere you wanted to go, anytime you wanted to go. Imagine that. So Im- imagine if you're, you're a high level executive who travels the world and your company is like, wait, for a, for a quarter of a million dollars? We could buy this five times spend 1.25 million and our top level executives could go anywhere in the world anytime we wanted oh well cool let's do it and they did and american airlines lost hundreds of thousands of dollars their desperation led them to a hurried unresearched decision which in turn led to lawsuits public outrage and tens of millions in financial losses when they tried to actually take the passes back. Yes, they tried to take the passes back because they were so desperate. And then desperation, acts of desperation almost always lead to reflections of regret. Acts of desperation almost always lead to reflections of regret. For a lot of us, we see a competitor make a good commercial, so we just buy airtime. Hey
2: listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your
1: day. But we don't know a videographer and we don't have a script. We see someone post online. So we post something, we post anything. We try to make someone else look bad. We tell everyone we're better than them. And the reason. Coke always beats Pepsi, and Honda always beats everyone. Like, how many car commercials have you seen a company compare itself to a Honda? It's desperate. Where did Kia and Hyundai come from? All they started doing was telling everybody about them, and they never said the word Honda. And by comparison in their market, they didn't look desperate. They looked like they were leading somewhere. The craziest thing about desperation is that it almost always reveals itself. The best way to avoid bad reactions to seasonal desperation, hear that again, the best way to avoid bad reactions to seasonal desperation is to set some clear marketing and financial boundaries. Just like what Dora Marie was talking about earlier. You set a budget, and you hold to the budget, you buy a few less hot chocolates. It works the same in business. Follow proper channels of communication within your marketing team. So keep your budgets and keep your communication and then never make an incentive in your business that you don't actually want to pay for. It's the first thing we ask when we're doing advertising for the client and they ask for Uh, can we do this incentive we want to give this away the immediate question is how much does it cost and then we investigate if they're right about the cost are you considering labor materials additional time spent setting things up gas travel because we want to make sure that you never ever create an incentive you don't want to pay for the fifth and final kind of marketing that is absolutely mediocre is scattered marketing. This can almost be two separate problems because sometimes we're scattered internally and we do something crazy. Then we market it well and we lose big. Like when Coke changed its formula to create new Coke and everyone hated it. They did a lot of taste tests and the taste tests went well, but they didn't give anybody a whole can of Coke. See, what they did was they wanted to make it sweeter. So they really increased the sugar intake. But when people were having tiny little sips of it, it was great. But when you got a whole can, it was too much and people stopped buying it immediately. How about this one? Did you know that Colgate? Yes, Colgate sank millions of dollars into frozen food. You heard that correctly. The toothpaste company expanded their brand to frozen food. It revealed that they were scattered internally, which led to market confusion and a loss of consumer trust for a little while. It's so bad they've tried to bury it. And for you and me who aren't Coke or Colgate, it's important to know what we are good at and stay there. Brand expansions can be very hard. When you try to take the brand and make it something bigger, than what it is. Whether you're trying to make it five locations, you're trying to franchise, or you're trying to expand the services that you offer. We've had to do it several times with Spark, but hear that we've had to do it. I didn't just get some wild hair and say we were gonna be this. The trend of my industry led us there. So as we saw it coming, we put some things around us to make sure we had a place to land. So be very intentional about what you're expanding into and if it truly serves your brand and your audience, and that's a two-parter. Your brand's expansion needs to serve your brand and your audience, both. But another kind of scattered marketing appears when we make too many changes to the brand far too quickly. Too many messaging campaigns, changing the format of the website, tweaking the logo, revealing new colors for and for larger businesses, we lean heavily into influencer branding and we have too many influencers who aren't saying the same thing across too many different demographics. The best example of that that I've seen, it's kind of anecdotal, but it has been really, really funny over the course of the lockdown, like when the lockdown was like national global, like enjoy your home, you're staying there lockdown. My clients in the home service industry got slammed. So if everything locked down February, March, two years ago, by April, May, the phone started to ring. We do a lot of work with home services companies. So whether you were looking for mold remediation, pest control, long care, hardscaping, roofing, painting, flooring, windows, shutters, gutters, all of it. My clients were blowing up. It was crazy. So we immediately started looking around and we realized it was happening in markets all across the United States. I was calling colleagues and I was like, what are we doing that's working so well? And after we all did some consumer research, because you know how marketing people are, we think that we're the ones who have made it make money always. But it wasn't the case. We started, hearing the, we started calling clients. Hey, can you tell me why all of a sudden you decided to get a new HVAC system? Hey, can you tell me why all of a sudden you got new floors? Why did you get your carpets cleaned in the middle of a global pandemic? Is it a germ thing? No, it wasn't a germ thing. People were staring at their homes 24 seven. They couldn't stop looking at their homes because they couldn't leave. And when they could leave, they'd walk out into the front yard or the backyard. And from there, now they're staring at the same house just from a different angle. And they were spotting defects. They were being constantly reminded of decor they didn't like or yards that really needed a different level of maintenance. And if you sold that, the greatest marketing in the world was a captive audience staring at their own stuff. And for you and me, we can fall into the same trap as we stare at our own companies. When things get slow and we stare long enough, the logo becomes old. The colors kind of become bland. The aesthetic kind of starts to shine a little bit more unremarkably. Because we're staring at our baby and starting to question if we're doing the right things, but remember the mirror. You aren't the audience. So step away from Illustrator back off of Canva. Don't call another agency to get their pitch. You're fine. Breathe. Focus. If there's a moral to the story for all five of these It's stop, not like don't move. The stop method of self-assessing you and your own marketing. In order to avoid the move to mediocre or to properly determine if your current work is mediocre, you need the stop method. You need to slow, then think, observe, then plan. Obviously don't stop. Business leader, we don't ever stop. Entrepreneur, what is stopping? We thought we were at least gonna go like up the slow part of the roller coaster, but for many of us, we started on the down and we've been rolling ever since. Don't always know what we're rolling to, but we certainly can't stop. So slow, you're flying, I recognize that, but slow down. Marketing decisions should never be made at top speed. So first, slow down. So you can actually see where you are and where the goals are. It is very difficult, very difficult to walk a tightrope if you don't have a starting point and a destination. Ropes don't just hang in the air. They're tied to your present and your goals. That's tightrope walking, that's business leadership. And if you're doing all your marketing on your own, don't run across the rope. Balance requires tension, walk slow. And then the T and stop, think. But you still gotta think about them. Think about yourself as a solution to a consumer problem. And think about how you want to tell them you're here to help. That's marketing. Marketing is the recognition that you solve a consumer problem, and the ability to articulate to that potential consumer how you're here to help, that's all it is. So if you slow down and if you're thinking, now I would ask you to observe, see the industry, see the trends, see the challenges of marketing for you and your competitors, watch others trip and fall. On this app alone in the last year, we have watched groups pop up, hugely popular, overpromised, said they were a bunch of things they weren't. We have watched groups preach to the moon, tell you, tell you all the amazing things they're going to do, all the amazing things they're going to deliver. But if you hear it over and over again, they're, they're telling you about them. So on this app, if you want to win, if you're like, Brad, I'm going to start a club on this app, how do I win? It is the breakfast with champions model. Talk to them, not yourself. Watch others win. Watch others trip. Now you can still help people up, but make sure when you observe, you learn. Because if you've slowed down, and if you're thinking, and if you're observing, now you can build a plan. Plan. Build a plan out. Have a strategy that allows you to move the brand forward without leveraging all of your time. Slow, think, observe, plan. Stop. And if you see that your marketing is stuck in the mirror or without passion or dragging you around or lost or scattered, yeah, of course you can call me. We sit at the same table, friend. And if it comes down to actually doing the work with you yeah i'd love to help with that mediocre marketing we can we can make that stuff go away otherwise just catch me here next week pop off a dm i will tell you this glenn lundy thank you for posting my company's web website in this chat because man i've gotten more emails through my website in this hour than i have ever received in the three years i've owned the website holy moly i'm up to 15 emails I have not read any of them. I will get to all of them. Good grief. That's effective. Um, But if I don't get a message from you, just recognize we're here every week at the same table. Let's keep talking with the time that we have left. Does anyone have any questions, feedback, thoughts? My friends, you know, I'm terrible at running a stage. so Just open your mic. Let me know what you got Fire away.
3: This is Coach Kim and I want to say stop was genius. I appreciate it so much. It's such a reflective moment um, and I think that's where the silence is. Everyone's trying to take in <laughs> where they are. I really appreciate your share of today, Brad. I love the work that you have put into your skill set and the way you've articulated to us today. Thank you so much
2: for this hot
1: fire. Oh, thank you so much, coach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, um, I have a tendency to just <laughs> to just roll and then I come to the most abrupt stop ever. Um, when we spoke w- when we spoke in July at the Reckless of Champions live event, I literally ended my um, talk with um, what is the what is the clubhouse phrase that I said? I said something like, oh, I said I am complete and I just walked off the stage. I didn't, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm good at the talking, not good at the ending. Uh, Someone else on mic?
2: That was Mary Lynn. Yeah, good morning. Linnell Burns, how are you?
1: Hi, Lynnelle, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Go ahead,
2: Linnell. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm sorry, is there someone else that I-, I Oh, no, off? no, I I unmiked and said Mary Lynn, but go ahead, go ahead, Aunt, please do. Oh, I apologize, Mary Lynn, no, I no, didn't I- hear you. Thank you so um, much. So Brad, oh, now I'm all choked up. Good morning. And uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for the segment. Every single time I hear you on your segment, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I always stop and I just listen. And I'm just so, well. I'm always so filled when when you come on the stage. And so I want to thank you for that. I sent you an email as well. So congratulations on your 15. I'm one of your 15 and I hope you have an incredible Saturday. Thank you for showing up today. This is Linnell, I'll go ahead and mute my mic.
1: Uh, Thank you Linnell, I appreciate your encouragement. That is now becoming weekly. I appreciate you friend. And I just got a text message from my uh, website developer, the guy who runs our developing side for the company. And all it says is, what the heck are you doing this morning? Um, And it's a snapshot of our Google Analytics. So thanks, everybody. I appreciate you. Hey, Mary Lynn, what's up, friend? (laughs)
2: Well, good morning, good morning. And well, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I like when I hear histories of company too, like the Colgate frozen food thing. Now I have to research that because I'm challenged because you said it was buried. But what I really wanted to say is, I just really appreciated the, hey, you know, you live in Nebraska, don't put on a, a, a lighthouse, and just because you like the certain shade of blue. So I have this little side business thing, and I'm working with Michelle McLean. But I can see where it's so easy to be like, you know, a little, um, I forget the word I wanted to use, homogeneous with it, like, elite, blah blah blah, or sunshine because I'm in Florida, you know. So it just was really a good cue for me to get a little more creative. Um, and I just appreciate the segment and I'm going to go see if I can find anything on that Colgate um, frozen food deal. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Brad. Happy Saturday.
1: Uh, thank you, Mary Lynn. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think um, we could definitely create a whole segment on what homogenous marketing is because more often than not, the group, we always feel like the people that we attract, man, I just must know my audience so well, but that's not true because more often than not, we're doing the mirror marketing thing and the audience that we're attracting looks just like us has the same habits, has the same hobbies, has the same interests. will say something true about ourselves and it will attract someone. So I could talk about being a dad and parents, would be drawn. I could talk about being a child of the early 80s and someone would be like, oh, he's my age. Or someone would disqualify me because they're 10 years older or 10 years younger. Or I could say I'm, I'm from Durham, North Carolina. It's my hometown. And I was, I was born in the not so, so good parts that I deeply, deeply love. But if I said that I'm from the projects, that's a whole different demographic than the people who might have been listening to me when they saw my name was Brad. They might not have leaned into that Caldwell part because you don't actually know any white people last name Caldwell. Come on, guys. That's just true. But the the reality is that when we start to talk about ourselves, we start to connect with people who look like us, but that's not always the most beneficial for our business. So for me, I don't want a bunch of clients that are Brad Caldwell because that dude's obnoxious. So instead, I want people who are out ahead of me in business but behind me in marketing acumen so that I can help them uh, keep pacing the laps I'm trying to run myself. Someone else on mic?
4: Yes, good morning, Brad. Thank you so much for your segment. My name is Dr. Ginoda, the Mat Spa Professor. I just wanted to say, it was so it's so encouraging to hear you share all of these wonderful errors and mistakes that we make as entrepreneurs. A lot of times we feel like we need to do more in order to get the results that we're looking for. And you know, when you get on social media, you see everybody doing this and you're like, oh, i doing that. Okay. I need to check that out. Okay. Maybe what they're doing is going to work for me. Okay. Let me try that strategy. I have been there And a lot of us have been there. And, you know, just hearing you say everything out loud was like, oh, snap. I remember that. Oh, that was like, oh, yeah, that was 2020. That was me in 2019. Oh, I am so glad I'm no longer there. It is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. But the best part of all of it is the fact that you gave us the peace and rest to say, just stop. Sometimes stopping to just kind of take it all in and just be able to be still enough to see the results and the things you're doing is just all we need to do. So thank you for an amazing segment as always. My name is Dr. Ginaru, the MedSpark professor, and I wish you all a wonderful weekend.
1: Thank you so much, doctor. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I think the comparison game, it's interesting because we talk about internally at Spark, we talk about comparative analytics all the time. We are constantly looking at our clients, who they believe their competition is, and who we believe their competition is. We're constantly measuring those things. But at the same time, we're always telling, telling our clients and ourselves not to get trapped in the comparison game. It is very easy for me to look at the design company that is mostly a design company. They, they do some marketing stuff, but they're really, really good. And they're about 10 miles from my office and they have a huge staff and they do really good work. And that company is like 20 years old. And if you're a marketing company, that's 20 You either do work in the stone ages or you are the most adept, intelligent, insightful marketing agency in the world. If you can find a really good marketing agency that's 20, um, they're brilliant. They really are. And so I respect them so much that it's hard for me to take my eyes off of them from time to time. And that can become a trap because immediately I'll say, I should have done that. I knew to do that. And that's a completely different game than the analytics side of marketing that goes to see what they're doing and see where my niche in that abundance pie really is. It's two very different things that sound very similar. So don't get trapped by comparison, but use the analytics of your competition to achieve excellence. Very different. Great point. Um, anybody else? we got about seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Left. I, hi, uh, hi
3: Brad. This is Lolita Anderson from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm sorry. Yes,
1: ma'am. No, no. Go right ahead. And thank you. I'm from the next. Oh, yes. Thank
3: you, sir. Uh, Lolita from Atlanta representing, of course, GW3 uh, with Renee Knorr and I'm LA Properties here. I love what you said. I am in real estate property management and I'm niched and I love your acronyms. I love acronyms because it makes sense. And you have encouraged me from here to the moon because you basically stay in your lane and expand your lane. Um, definitely recognize my wheelhouse. And I think people think, hey, maybe I need some tigers and bears. Also, well, no, just stay right here. <laughs> You're in the ocean. Why are you? Why are you over here in the forest? So, I appreciate that. And I, and and just kind of being quite always. Um, look at whether we are in feast or in a famine mode in business. And feast, just means, of course, everything's going, going, going. The famine is not that we are depleted it's that's what you're building. That's when you're building your inventory to go ahead and run out there. So I appreciate that. You are a rock star. I'm so glad I was able to chime in with you. Thank you so much. I really the mic.
1: Uh, Lolita, thank you very much. It's a really, really good point. I think the, best way I've always um, heard, heard it explained is if if 10 people walked out with lighters and tried to set the yard on fire, there would be 10 people working and now you're paying for 10 people and they're all trying to light the grass. But if you had one person who could steadily hold a, micro, uh, a, a microscope, hold that magnifying glass right over the same spot, oh they'd set a much truer, much stronger fire all by being patient and deliberate. Not doing 10 things to try to get one outcome, but just have one very focused outcome where, you know, if you've ever heard Amelia Antonetti speak, she'll say, know your zone of genius and stay in that lane. And it doesn't mean you can't do anything else, but it means that a lot of the things that we do well at my company, we either do well, cause I know, I don't know how to do them. So I've given them to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not over here designing logos. Can I? Sure. Does Ryan do a better job? You're darn right he does. So I pay Ryan to do it. Um, I don't build our websites. Zach does. Um, I used to. And then we got bigger. And then we got better. And so we were holding the magnifying glass until it was time to spread the brush fire. So I think it's mm-hmm. an excellent point, Lolita.
3: Excellent- that was awesome. It, it's, and just to add one more thing, it's what I've learned to do is delegate and not being the smartest cat in the room or in my mm-hmm. team. I build people around me that are smarter than me. And my clients and owners and investors say the same with me. Well, let's, let's bring A, B, and C in with her team. And I always say I'm not the long ranger. I'm not. I have, I have Renee. I have everybody you know, who's made me better, even with my brand this year, because I did a photo shoot that needed to upgrade me and level me up. That wasn't easy because it's changed. But trust me, I'm always surrounded by a coach and cheerleaders. So cheerleaders are going to cheer whether we win or losing. The coach is going to break your back and make sure you win. So Mm. I land with that. I love it. I love you. This is
1: awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate you, sis. Thank you very, very much. I heard a gentleman on mic.
5: Yeah, that was me, Brad. What's going on? Jay? How are you, sir? Triple J. How you doing, sir? I am well, my friend. What's on your mind? Listen, when you were talking and... um. You know, I know sometimes when people, you know, they they go into their sessions and stuff, sometimes we may not be exactly where they are when they're, you know, talked about different things in business and stuff like that. But you were saying, but you, but you can take away anything, any level you're at. And so you were talking about uh, Coke and Pepsi. And what resonated with me was uh, I used to work for um, Coca-Cola. So I know exactly what you were talking about when you were saying about how they tried to change. You know some things to uh you know you they get nervous about different other people on the rise and they forget about the foundation of what made them successful you know and so i took that away from what you were saying sometimes we have to stop looking around at everybody else and just focus on the foundation of things that are working for us and to keep building on those, because you can't build on everybody else's foundation but you can build on yours You know, so I really appreciate that, Brad. I got a lot from that. And all this camera talk today has really just made me smile because uh, I used to be a photographer as well. And that was one thing that I did as a photographer. I just focused on me doing a good job for the person. And I grew that, you know, over the years as a, you know, in my town, you know, to be pretty big, you know. Um, I don't do it as much anymore since COVID and everything, but I kind of, I took that away from what you said this morning, Brad. Thank you so much, my friend.
1: Absolutely, sir. I appreciate you. Triple as always fun to listen to your, your thoughts. Yeah, I think um, there's a there's a world of difference between um, growing and expanding. Like I, I think about it in the hiring sense. All of my employees deserve a raise. Not everyone deserves a promotion. Because some people who are great at what they do won't be great at the next level. That's a completely different mindset why you promote a person is different than why you give them a raise and in the same way if you're in your business lean into what you're excellent at don't assume you're going to be excellent at the next thing without any research without any thoughtfulness without any measure um because that's just not that's not how anything works um my kids are wonderful everybody knows with kids four or five years from now i might be talking differently about my children they might not be the young men that they are now. I have three sons. They might not be the same same gentlemen. So as as things go on, let's make sure that we're looking at what we can give a raise to, not always what we're trying to give a promotion to. Um, I think that I think that bears out. Anybody else got anything? We got a couple minutes left. Hey, Hello, everyone. I'm, right I'm legal now.
3: guardian parent. Oh. I have my son who would love
2: to exchange ideas with you if, if
1: it's possible. I'm looking for who's speaking. I mean, the answer is yes. It doesn't matter who's speaking, but where, where MT. are empty. Mt. Okay, yeah. Mt. Just have your son shoot me a message through. <laughs> I, I know I always say Instagram, Please. but apparently today Please. we can shoot a message Please. through my website. Thank you. But yeah, would love to. Would love to. Hello hey Brad, everyone, I'm from Arizona. I wanted
6: oh. to. Just uh, comment a little bit on, on what you said. I really appreciated that that last uh, concept, the difference between promoting and um, uh, what was the other one that was promoting and giving someone
1: a raise. Yeah,
6: and giving someone a raise. I really like that concept, and I like the um, the marketing uh, strategies that you were talking about. And I wanted to just uh, speak to the the title of the of the room, bridging the cap uh, the gap between uh, dreams and reality. Um, as a real estate investor, I've you know come upon the the website Bigger Pockets, and I've you know read a lot and, and posted a lot on there. And about a year ago, I posted some of my dreams that I wanted to uh, to achieve, and um, it's been really really cool over the last uh, you know going back through some of the older posts that I did. And uh, I just saw a post that I posted about um, a year ago. You know some of the dreams that I had and. It's amazing how you can, after writing things down, after putting them out, you can actually accomplish the things that, that you're, you you were going for. This last year, I was able to, with some investors, um, get a cabin up in the woods, and um, I just closed on a, a beautiful property down in Costa Rica with some other investors. And all of these things were things that I, I had as, as my dreams, and I wrote them down, I, I worked towards them, and you can definitely get your dreams, when you write them down, when you look at them, I had them on a, a vision board and I was working really hard towards them. And so it's amazing. I really appreciate being able to come to these rooms and listen to you and, and Glenn and a lot of the people speak uh, about really changing mindsets. And so I just wanted to to quickly uh, share that I appreciate this room and, and that you really can change, make your dreams into realities as as you write them down, as you work towards them. So. Thanks for letting me just share that on stage real quick. Appreciate
1: it. Uh, Shallow, I appreciate your your insight and, uh, man, your story, man. I think it's one of the things that I love uh, <coughs> is, is when businesses show their before and after, right? Like if you clean and you show it dirty and then you show it clean. If you paint and you show it old and then you show it new. If you rebuild and you show it broken and then you show it repaired. Whatever it is that you do. But sometimes those of us who are in industries that are harder to show that to. You know, whether you are a relationship expert, a business coach, you're in some sort of sales, whether you sell million-dollar cars or $10 widgets and anything in between, we don't ever show the before and after of the journey that we've been on. But I think that inspires so many more people when we can say, look at where I've been, um, look at where I've gone, oh, man, this wasn't even in my 10-year plan, and here it is three years later, and I'm, I'm a host on Breakfast of Champions, like I didn't even know what that was until like last spring. So that before and after of me owning a business and now me being downloaded and my 13 year old son sharing a a Spotify channel with his friends of his dad teaching is not even something that's a part of the plan. So that before and after, I think there's so much value to that, so much value to that. Um-